Welcome back to Nerdium. I'm your host, Matt, and to my left is my co-host, Carrie. This is our big 10th episode, and it's hard to believe that we've been talking nerdy to you for over 10 episodes, but here we are in the double digits. In this episode, Carrie and I review Pacific Rim Uprising, the robot movie where the science is made up and the plot doesn't matter. Be warned if you haven't seen this yet, this episode is spoiler-filled. So Carrie, when you're ready, initiate neural handshake and let's drift into this episode. Buy everything you've got! Alright, so last week, Carrie and I went and saw Pacific Rim Uprising. Not by choice. Not by choice. <laughs> this is supposed to be uh, Ready Player One. We had a little uh, technical issue with the... Was Steve trying to book our tickets? Yeah. And then Steve booking us on a Wednesday and not the Thursday that we specifically told him to? Exactly. Fair enough. Okay. Anyways, so we decided to go see another uh, fun, exciting movie to watch. Good popcorn uh, movie. Yeah, certainly not going to be uh, any Oscars or anything uh, like No. No, I mean, unless Oscars start getting the giant monster, giant robot category, in which case, it's a shoe-in. I'd vote for it. I want that category now. And so do I. <laughs> I. I think it's a much-deserved and much-needed category, too. So, Pacific Rim Uprising, it's uh, got a couple new characters. doesn't have the uh, Charlie, what's his name, Huntman from Pacific Rim 1. Uh, the, the main character? Yeah, Sons of Anarchy there. Oh, oh, yeah, that's good. I couldn't even remember it. Yeah. The only one I remember is Idris Elba, and that's because I could stare at him all day long. So mm, I'm yes. good on that. <laughs> all right. And this time we have uh, John Boyega from uh, the new Star Wars uh, trilogy. John, call me Finn Boyega. Yeah. And uh, the son of Clint Eastwood, Scott Eastwood. Is he the son of Clint Eastwood? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, I don't see it, but that's because Clint Eastwood looks like a piece of chewed leather that's walking around always angry. Yeah, if you look at really young pictures of uh, Clint Eastwood, I see it. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. No, now I can, I can kind of see it there, sure. So, uh, actually, what I also noticed was uh, John Boyega also uh, produced this one. He was a producer on it. Oh, did he? I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, there's a couple of things that uh, he made changes for. He didn't like how the uh, robots fought in the first one, so he actually hired the fighting choreographer from... Uh, the Star Wars, new Star Wars trilogy. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, fun little fact. They did fight very fluidly this time around, I guess, if you could describe their fighting style. Yeah, they didn't move more uh, as mechanical as they did in the first one, which you kind of expect a giant, heavy, massive robot to be moving like. Instead, they're dancing yeah. around Tokyo like it's nothing. Yeah, well, at the cost of Tokyo, they're dancing around Tokyo like it's nothing. Uh-huh. Yeah. It also has uh, the return of Charlie Day and Burn. Is that his name? Burn Gor- Gorham? Gorman? Yeah. yeah. As uh, Dr. Newton and Dr. Herman, respectively. Yeah. It's always good to see them. Yeah, I like a good little bit of continuity with my characters once in a while. Yeah, if you're going to like kind of toss it the main characters, it's good to have the uh, background kind of comedic relief characters there at least still. Well, it's especially since like um, they, they've kind of written Idris Elba out of it. Uh, they do the... Uh, the Independence Day resurgence where, hey, look at a picture of Will Smith. Remember Will Smith? He was in the first movie, and they, they more or less do the same with this one with uh, Idris Elba, only they, they make it clear that uh, John Boyega is his son, and he's living in Dad's shadow and all that sort of jazz. Yeah. Didn't he... I haven't seen the first one in a while. Didn't he actually die, though? Like, he went through the rift and then blew himself up down there? Yeah, yeah. It, it was, okay. the, it was oh, his... Okay. Uh, he went in there with the express purpose of closing the rift. He, he did the Independence Day. He... 
gave the speech and then took off down and then detonated his okay. uh, bomb. It wasn't really the Will Smith then. It was more of the uh, the president there. Yeah, but it, but it, when you see Independence Day Resurgence, they like kind of like show a picture of Will Smith as a hey, remember Will Smith? Yeah, unfortunately, you didn't actually see Will Smith die in that though. No, I know, I know. Would have made a good death. Would have. <laughs> but anyways, back to uh, Pacific Rim. <laughs> Before you get too carried away on getting rid of Will Smith. Yeah, you know, it'd be actually interesting is if uh, rumor has it, it's going to be a trilogy, especially how it ended. I've heard so. I've heard the trilogy story. Yeah. And I've also heard tying it into the monster verse with uh, Godzilla and King, like the new Godzilla and King Kong movies coming out. Okay, that'd be interesting. I've, I, I've, like, I've heard talk because I mean, it's at its heart, it's a Godzilla movie. Yeah. Right. Like, it's it's the giant monsters. Uh, let's go mess with the giant monsters and deal with the giant monster movie. Yeah. Um, so I've I've heard. Uh, I think it was one of the producers that was kind of waxing poetic on where it could go I think it's a big stretch I think there's two completely different franchises yeah I remember Godzilla beating up a lot of robots in like the old uh, the old movies yeah. uh, none of which were the giant robots from Pacific Rim yeah the Jaegers interesting name yeah yeah um, but uh, yeah how it ended with uh, this one kind of really led on that there's going to be a third one and uh, you get young Pentecost there saying that this time they're going to bring the fight to their world. What I think would be interesting is is if they go over there and then you find out that Idris isn't dead or mm. there's a clone of them that's now like their leader. That'd be kind of a neat little twist. I, I could see them doing a twist like that. He's a character or well, an actor. Well, I'd like to see him come back to the series even though they killed him. Yeah, I, I could see how they might be keeping him in on... Uh... Let's call it keeping him on ice, just to uh, mess with his, you know, tie up his brain. Because in all of these movies, like the big thing is the uh, what are the the mental handshake or whatever they call it there. The drifting. Yeah. So uh, we have that technology in this movie where we can tie into each other's minds, and they play it off in the first one uh, with uh, uh, Gessler guys, Doctor Newton, because him and the other doctor tie into one of the kaiju brains. Mm-hmm. That's how we know about where they come from, what's going on. We got to close the portal, that whole thing. And they, they move through this, they, they, they tied into this one as well. So uh, if there's such an advanced species on, in another dimension that's broken into ours, who's to say they couldn't have captured Idris Elba, tied him down and then started linking into his brain. Yeah, exactly. Find out what he knows, find out, you know, how to do this, how to deal with humanity on a whole. Um, I found that this one really did kind of play out like an after-school Rock'em Sock'em giant robot fighting aliens TV show. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I kind of liked how they, they opened up with a, with a good little bit of exposition where we're kind of like moving forward after the initial kaiju war. Uh, there's, there's a lot of cool visuals with like the, uh, the skeletons all over the place mm-hmm. and, and all that sort of stuff. And they make it clear that this is pretty much going to be a Rock'em Sock'em robots movie. Uh, right from the get-go. Yeah. And I'm kind of not surprised with what they did where maybe a third of the way through the movie, uh, just as we're all celebrating the greatness that we all are, and the the Jaegers are pretty much now just honor guards that are just there to look pretty and do a little bit of, of landlocked police enforcement here, there, and everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then all of a sudden, this random uh, Jaeger shows up and just starts messing shit up. Mm-hmm. Obsidian Fury. Yeah. 
So all of a sudden there's this, uh, we, we, we have that robot on robot conflict instead of the robot on monster on robot on monster conflict. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it was kind of an interesting twist where they went. They're very much a rock'em sock'em robots thing. Yeah. It was kind of just a natural evolution of where they'd go with it. Well, I couldn't think, <coughs> like, if, if all of a sudden they started opening up more and more rifts and be like, ah, more monsters, more fighting, more movie. Yeah. Uh, Which almost kind of started going that way until they were like, just kidding. They, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we'll get to that in a minute. That was, oh, <laughs> I was, I was about to get real angry at the movie. <laughs> uh, but it's, it, it is really, really cool. I, I kind of like how we eased into the giant robot thing. We, we, we talked about um, uh, John Boyega's character. He does a good little bit of exposition at the beginning mm-hmm. as he's living up, living the party life that we all dream uh, when our father's a very, very famous, uh, let's call him rock star-esque sort of personality. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, he's kind of living in, uh, as he said, half the mansion there when he's doing his exposition. It's better. Like, the world's a little different. There's the kind of the abandoned zones now where yeah, with luxury mansions that have been abandoned and... Which 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 was was cool because there's really no way like like in in some aspects what surprised me is is how well humanity has rebuilt itself yeah but also how piss poor they've rebuilt themselves like you would think with these monstrous robots that could move a building with nothing just just no strain whatsoever we still have a lot of as as cool as the visuals are uh, giant skeletons all over the place. Like, yeah. you'd think they would have cleaned that up a little bit. They, these mansions that... I mean, do you get kaiju insurance in this universe? <laughs> Seems to me like you get kaiju insurance, right? Yeah. Like, I just... There's not an act of God. It's a giant lizard reptile monster that stomped all over my house. Yeah, no, there's got to be a policy somewhere for that. <laughs> but it is... That, that was, like, at the very beginning with that little bit of, like, cool narrative exposition. It was like, you know, we have giant robots that could easily clean up a lot of this mess. Yeah, but it's just kind of like you said, fall fallen into these no go zones of just like hey, whatever happens happens. It's just like little pockets of Las Vegas everywhere, all over the Pacific Island. Yeah, and his little exposition scene there was uh, good to kind of set up why they're still building the Jaegers, why they're still around, why they're not decommissioned. Like there's no threat anymore because he mentions that there's the uh, Jaeger scrapyards that people are busting into to steal Jaeger parts to try and build their own Jaegers. Yeah, and then you find out that. Uh, the rogue Jaegers are uh, prohibited, and that's kind of why the Jaegers are doing their uh, inland patrols still. Yeah, but they're, they're they've they've really just been kind of relegated to a police. Even the the Pacific Police Department, I, I forget their actual name. They're just kind of delegated as just rogue Jaeger cleanup. Yeah, you know, it's just one of those. Uh, you don't have a license to operate this monster machine, so we kind of got to shut you down. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I get it. That's that. If tomorrow we had giant robots and then everything just fell to, fell to ruin, you'd have the people that would be building their own. I mean, we have people that build their rockets just so they can prove that the Earth is flat. So, I mean, hey, why not? You went there. I did go there. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> Part of me kind of wished that rocket exploded. Oh, you and me both, man. That would have made a great video How can clip. somebody make their own rocket and still think the world, like the Earth is flat? Like, uh, Hey, man. I don't know how people believe half the stuff they believe. Uh, I really don't know how he thought, thinks he's going to get high enough where he can be like, ah, totes, totes flat. It's all, it's all a big scope for like, you know, the big conspiracy theory because big globe is, is out to get you. Yeah. Anyways, back to, <laughs> back to, uh, Pacific Rim. 
So I found out it was kind of almost like just watching it, it really came across like it was written by twelve year olds. <laughs> there, <coughs> there, there, there was a cartoon on Fox at night, Fox HD or whatever it was called. And okay. it, was, it was like a cop show, an animated cop show that was literally written by like a seven year old. And the dialogue in this movie is on par with that. <laughs> uh, it's it's not really, but I mean, we, we kind of mentioned this at the beginning. This isn't a movie where it's like, oh my god. You gotta see this. Yeah. In my personal opinion, this movie that plays well on a big screen. Like if if you got some money in your pocket and you're looking for just like a cheap, noisy, turn your brain off and coast for a while movie, this is a great movie for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if you want to go see something that's hard hitting and really gives you the feels and really keeps you at the end of your seat, this is not the movie. No. Uh, you it it is really kind of like a paint by the numbers. Monster Mash. Yeah, it's a movie you you don't, can't, and shouldn't overthink. No, 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 no. Don't go looking for depth. Yeah. Don't go looking for hidden layers, any hidden meaning. It really is a, uh, from from John Boyega's character stance of, I'm tired of living in my dad's shadow. I'm gonna go party with all the cool kids down at the beach. Oh, I'm back in the military suddenly. Uh, so I might as well pull my shit together. And become a war hero. <laughs> and become a war hero again. I just, it's so, in, in some aspects, it's, it's almost pedantic as to how it kind of like, you, you almost know what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, you, and it's not even because of good foreshadowing. You just know what's good. You just know what's going to happen. Yeah. It's, it is inevitable. Uh, and, and that kind of brings me to one, one of their key plot points is the Shao industry creating the automated Jaegers. Mm-hmm. You know, get the pilots out of there. They're going to have their own robotic brains. And, oh, isn't this just ticky-dicky-boo? Uh, and that kind of brought us to the point in the movie where I'm pretty sure I would have ripped my seat out and thrown it at the screen. <laughs> and that's when the the predictable happens when, lo and behold, suddenly all these automated robots start acting up and getting out of hand. And uh, yeah, you never see that too often in movies where the... Uh... The robots don't behave like they should. Yeah, start. really. It's, it was a real plot twist I could never have seen coming. <laughs> I've never seen a movie like it. Uh, but but then, of course, they're acting up, and it's found out that uh, uh, Dr. Geisler there has been linking his brain with the old um, kaiju brain that he had, and he's created a backdoor to infect the system. And but there, There's no way... Uh, you and I talked about this. The, the one thing they did good was hiding the protagonist. Mm-hmm. Up to a certain point. You mean the an- antagonist? The antagonist, yep. Because I, sh- I sure said protagonist. <laughs> so <laughs> I did that, did that on one of the other episodes. Yeah. So he, um, if they hadn't dipped their card to that, I, I was convinced that the Xiao industry was just up to no good. Yeah. Because uh, uh, the, 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 the head of, of Xiao is, is not a nice woman. She is. No. Oh, she's a she is she is an ice queen, man. Yeah. The, the the theater clearly got cold when she was on camera. Yeah, I would have never put any money on. It was always saying Tokyo being the bad guy. You're right, yeah. exactly. Uh, but sure enough, Doctor Doctor Geisler is all all kinds of infected because he's been linking up with Sweet Love with the Kaiju Brain, <laughs> and and of course he's helped uh, the Kaiju Brain link into these drones, and of course the drones go shit crazy because you got to have a plot point. Mm-hmm. And then they all end up in the ocean, and lo and behold, they start drilling a new portal because 
you got to have a couple of giant monsters instead of giant monster skeletons all over the place. Yeah. And and this is and, and this is where I thought the movie was going to end because okay, sure enough, after all kinds of fuckery, they lock it down. Yeah. They 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 finally they they figure out how to turn the drones off and I and close the portal and yay, humanity for the win, and I was so sure that's where it was going to end. And if it had ended there in such a cheap little throwaway point, I was going to be so furious. Yeah, as I mentioned previously, it was almost like a television wrap-up point. It, it would have, exactly, it would have made a better TV episode if that was where they ended it. It was, I couldn't quite see my watch, and I was trying to, like, one eye on the screen and one eye down to my watch to see just how long we've been sitting here. Uh, fortunately, that is not the end of the movie. Uh, fortunately for my theater seat, it was not the end of the movie. That was a nice theater seat, too. It was very comfy theater seat. The- the- the thing you sit on in the movie theater. <laughs> theater <laughs> yeah. No, I remember uh, after watching the movie, I kind of did a little bit of uh, research on it and was seeing some of the reviews. And you get those reviews where people are saying, like, I went into this movie expecting so much more and left disappointed. It's like, it was as advertised. Like, before going in, you didn't have to see a trailer for it. You just had to see the movie poster and go, that's as deep as the movie's going to go. I'm going to go watch yeah. the robot slug it out. I'm not looking for a romantic development in the movie. I'm not looking for any drama. I, you know, I, I, I don't know what you could possibly have expected from a sequel of a movie that was specifically about robots fighting giant monsters. I don't even know what kind of acting you expect to receive from that. Like, uh, as, a, as a kid watching the Godzilla movies... I was not offended that the military vehicles were dinky cars being pulled by fish wire. Like this, this did not bother me. It was a giant man in a rubber lizard costume kicking over cardboard buildings. Yeah. Uh, the acting quality nor the special effects bothered me. I knew what I was getting into. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and same with this movie. When, when we walked into the theater, we just kind of knew what we're getting. Yeah. It's, you know, like we said earlier, it's not going to be hard hitting dialogue. Uh, and it's not going to be Oscar worthy until we get that category that we want and uh my next point is uh let's talk about jaeger names like just some oh, of the names they rhymed out there <laughs> there's an engine on the internet that creates jaeger names i saw that and it's got to be and I've, i haven't seen it it's just the even the, the producer's got to be using this it's just like spit out two random cool sounding words and boom yeah jaeger name like uh this movie we got uh, november ajax which is kind of he gets played up right at the beginning you're like oh man that's kind of a cool Yes. Cool Jaeger. The pilot sounded like he's kind of a tough guy. You're kind of like, oh, that's going to be kind of cool. Um, at one point, he makes kind of a light-hearted comment when, uh, what's the uh, the, uh, the little robot? Oh, Scrapper. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he makes the comment at Scrapper uh, when it's running away, like, really? <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is going to be a kind of an interesting character to bring in. Yeah, absolutely. You never see him again. No, be, be, that's, that's what we said before. The Jaegers are... That particular Jaeger was just relegated to just like a a Jaeger roundup squad, rogue Jaeger roundup squad. He's, he is essentially a Jaeger for the police. Yep. And then you got Pentecost uh, Jaeger, the protagonist Jaeger, uh, Gypsy Avenger, which is kind of, uh, I guess, the the spinoff of uh, Gypsy Danger from the first one. Yep. Then you got all kinds of other ones like Shaolin Rogue, uh, Saber Athena, uh, Titan Redeemer. Valor Omega. Those are just a couple to rhyme off. After a while, you just get beat over the head with some of these, like, they sound cool at the beginning, kind of like how 
some beers might taste good at the first sip. And then by the time you're halfway through the can, you're just like, wow, this, there's still more beer left here. <laughs> and, and some of these names, it's just like, man, I just got to, can we just have this like a, a call insignia? Just, just, let's just give them numbers from now on because yeah, it's, it starts to the, the cool factor of these names starts to wear off quickly. And there's no war anymore. So there's not going to be like the war hero names. It's going to be literally like patrol numbers. Yeah, exactly. So. Exactly. <clears throat> Basically giant model numbers strapped onto the ass of the Jaegers and that's the end of it. <laughs> yeah. Just cross the ass like juicy. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, Jaeger sponsorships. I like <laughs> it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. You get, uh, it's like NASCAR. Pretty much. Get a Jaeger out there with a big Tide logo across the front. Oh, Tide nice. Pods. <laughs> Just big don't chew them sticker on the bottom of it. Yeah. But then they uh, they also, they name all their uh, kaijus and their, their bad guys. And uh, so I guess this time they finally got to name a, an enemy Jaeger. And they went with Obsidian Fury because that's a pretty badass name for a Jaeger. But it was a pretty badass Jaeger. It was a pretty badass Jaeger. It was like the Batman of Jaegers. It was a... Kind of the black. It, it it was black and then red in all the right places. <laughs> like it, it it had that like weird flame thing going on all over its back and front arms. It was it had the right amount of accents. It did look like a really cool Jaeger. Yeah, it looked like a, an Alienware uh, gaming PC almost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So with that, um, one of the things that uh, I also noticed in the movie was just the the questionable science. And I, I know we just discussed. <laughs> <laughs> discuss how you shouldn't overthink this movie, but there's a couple of points in that movie where you're just like, but why? This, this is a movie where two people meld their minds together to work a giant robot. Just be- before you continue with your point, I'm just, <laughs> just going to remind you of that point there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's once again, you, you shouldn't overthink this movie, especially when it gets to the science, because it does seem like it's written by 12 year olds and from a 12 year olds grasp of science, how it works. Kinda. Or it's designed to appeal to a 12-year-old whose grasp, grasp of science is what it could be. Well, that just seems dangerous. <laughs> could be, depending on what kind of chemistry set you have, I suppose. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but you are right. You're, you're for some reason, mind-melding two minds together for no real apparent reason. Apparently, you seize your out if you try to do it yourself. It looks really cool choreographed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that it does. <laughs> you got two of them uh, hip-hop dancing inside of... A cockpit, yeah. so yeah, but your your questionable science. What is what is one of the questionable sciences that you have uh, that you would like to address here? Uh, there's a couple. Uh, one that uh, I'll I'll just touch on one that kind of comes to mind right off the top is uh, the reentry of Gypsy Avenger. <laughs> you clearly see that his face plate is busted up and they're exposed. So. Of of all of all the things as we kind of like fast forward through the plot, uh, there is a point in time where uh, we need to get the Jaegers somewhere far, somewhere fast, mm-hmm. and this is this is one uh, just uh, there's so many like really weird pop up points, pop up plot points in this movie, uh, and and of course strapping a rocket to the ass of the Jaegers is one of those plot points, and how can we get them and all this and that and it's, just to, to save everybody the the effort of trying to, to work too much into it, it's <laughs> it's Jaeger blood rocket fuel. It's Jaeger blood friggin' rocket fuel. Kaiju blood. Kaiju blood. I said Jaeger blood. Just like I said protagonists instead of antagonists and all that jazz. Um, but like... I can edit some of the same. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's all good. You might as well leave it in. 
So, <laughs> uh, so of course, you know, and, and this is after like the shit hits the fan. You know, we we talked about where where we thought the movie might have ended, and of course, there's always the one or two kaiju that get out, and we got to go deal with these guys because well, they're gonna go open a, they're gonna wipe out the earth by by blowing up Mount Fuji of all bloody mountains. Uh, so the big battle with like the big baddie, the baddie that's gonna end it all, ends in. The name of the Jaeger? Gypsy Avenger. Gypsy Avenger, because there's so many cool words we can throw at Carrie. Uh, yeah. Basically beat to shit. And, and you're right. And and that was a point that, that I completely agree with you. Of, of all the silly things that we've seen, uh, I know just from uh, watching shuttle launches, from a 12-year-old's grasp of how entry into the atmosphere works, they blast him up into the air, and on his way back, sure enough, the visor for the Jaeger is cl- cracked wide open. Mm-hmm. And as he comes in on re-entry and is burning white hot, for some reason the inside of the cockpit is not only completely tempered, like completely tempered, it's not like there's, oh, magical force field like you can throw in a Star Wars movie. Yeah. It's the glass is broken. It's we're driving without a windshield time now. And they're breathing and talking normal and everything. Everything's good. They got to talk a little bit louder because of the wind, I suppose. Yeah, a little bit of breeze. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a brisk. I, I think their hair moves a little bit. Uh, but you're right. They really should have been uh, cooked up and charred into their rigs. Like, no questions asked. Yeah. Uh, that that was kind of, uh, in my opinion, and it, <laughs> it, was, it was one of my favorite questionable science fiction points there. Uh, I, I don't see how... Like, just don't break the visor. Yeah. Like, figure out another way to get uh, Kaylee Sperry's, or Spini, or however you say her name, uh, get her character into the Jaeger to help out uh, John Boyega. Like, just figure out another way to get her in there. There's a hatch in the ass. There's a hatch in the head. There's any way to get in there that's not expose them to re-entry of Earth. You know, that that is, that. <laughs> yeah, that is, uh, yes. That was a very good questionable plot. I mean, of all the ridiculousness, that seemed to me to be just... You're almost just getting silly at that point. In a movie about giant monsters and giant robots fighting each other. Yeah. And then, uh, it's not really a science-y point. It's the uh, little tiny drones at the end that yeah. have not been previously mentioned all of a sudden show up. Yeah, so to rewind from Death on Reentry. Yeah, I'm working my way back. <laughs> there, There is that point where, like, okay, the three kaiju got out, and now what's left of the Jaeger force, of course, has to go and deal with these three kaiju. And one, two are level four, one's a level five. Okay, they're, they're shit kickers. Awesome. Uh, <clears throat> but then, of course, Geisler decides he's going to let out the drones. Mm-hmm. These thousands and thousands of stupid little helper drones from the factory. They're never brought up at any point in time in the beginning. Nope. They're never explained how they work. You see, like, the perspective of the drone constantly. Mm-hmm. And, and by this time, we've, we've, we've established there's kaiju brains that are being melded with and, and Omega, whatever the hell, uh, Fury. Obsidian Fury. Obsidian Fury. I'll get it right eventually. <laughs> uh, there, you know, there was a kaiju brain in there and, and I'm just going to throw all the plot points out all at once. Uh, so they, these drones aren't even like part kaiju. They're, they're they're just drones from the factory. That you just they're just he's just all of a sudden like, hey, look at these toys. Yeah, like 
it was almost the equivalent of Batman whipping out shark repellent out of the helicopter for no particular... Oh, yeah, bat shark repellent. Sure, why the hell not? Yeah. Uh, so these things swarm. The three kaiju and, and, and the Jaegers, they're going at it. They're just arguing like that couple that everybody meets at the party that should break up, but then they they never do. So they're all fighting together. <laughs> and then these drones just like... I don't know. Would you say dissect all three kaiju and then kind of rebuild them in some weird Lego-style sticky, squishy mess into a giant uh, giant kaiju? Uh, you could almost go with human centipede on this one. All right, let's go down that road. The the <laughs> a but but I mean that's what they do. They yeah. they they basically operate on the three kaiju, and I thought, oh shit, they're gonna heal the kaiju. They're just going to make them all, like, it's it's the, the classic video game bad guy that all of a sudden gets his full bar of health back. Yeah. Uh, no, we just smash the kaiju together and yeah, create unless, monster kaiju. Like, I'm pretty sure from the first two movies, or, well, this movie and the first one, uh, any kaiju that was kind of ripped open, they kind of died. So I don't know how this one cut, this, cut apart and then put yeah, together. Yeah, this, this one kind of, this, this, this little plot point kind of caught me off guard <laughs> because I remember the first one and I don't remember... If I had seen anything like that. No, no Franken-Kaiju. Anything at all. I would have been like, yeah, totes a thing they do. Yeah. And instead of two, it's three this time. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, but just just that in itself was just that. that it's, it's little things like that kind of pop up here and there and here and there where it's just like, uh, maybe we should have established that stuff beforehand. Yeah, like at least mention the drones and then what they can do. Like if they have some sort of bio application. Yeah. Although they're the size of a small like Toyota Camry, but right, exactly. Yeah, they're, they're they're basically a pickup truck with tentacles. Yeah. Uh, you know, like it's, it's just I don't know the three quarters of the way through a movie. Again, I can only expect so much from this movie. Yeah. Is a good time to keep introducing new ideas. Like let's get the ideas out within the first half. And let's run with it for the the rest of the movie. Yeah, if they end up having a third one, I don't see that being a plot like a plot point they bring back in is these drones because it just seemed like a a it, writer's tool just to kind of keep the plot moving. Yeah, because um, one Jaeger could take out one kaiju. Yeah, a bunch of Jaegers could take out a bunch of kaiju's, even if they are the, the newer, younger pilots. You know, mm-hmm. he, I from from a writer's standpoint, yeah. If all of a sudden all these younger Jaeger pilots won the battle because, hey, we're all main characters. Yeah, that would be kind of sleazy writing. I get that. Yeah. But it's not exactly better writing to say, oh, and then they melded together. Yeah. Like, I get the Voltron approach, and I dig it. I really do. Oh, yeah, like a Kaiju Megazord. Yeah. Or Kaiju Frankenstein. But even if, like... I don't know why I went with Human Centipede for my first choice. That was kind of weird. That was kind of weird. But, like, if all of a sudden the Jaegers started, like, to form, form, like... Ultron would, you know, like, why not? Because, hey, shit, let's just throw that out there. You know, like, I just... I'm, you're getting a phone call tomorrow to come right for episode, or the the, uh, the third movie of the trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> That's if they do that in the third movie, I'm going to be super pissed I didn't get paid for that one. <laughs> but, like, you, you know, it just, it was, to me, it was a little... It's well, definitely because Boyag is listening to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, definitely, right? <laughs> if there's anybody's opinion he cares about, it would be mine. <laughs> but, like, to, to me, it really was kind of like, not sloppy writing, but like... It was lazy. 
a little lazy, a little little hacky. Yeah. For again, a movie about giant robots fighting giant monsters. It was it was hacky for that. Well, uh, I don't know if you looked at it, but the uh, director, the director Denight or something like that. Denight sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. So the director, he also did some of the writing. He primarily does TV series. So uh, I'm not 100% certain, but I think this might be one of his first big uh, forays into the... Uh, in in saying movie. that, I could see where he would want to just spontaneously wrap it up like you would an hour-long TV series. Yeah, like he worked in uh, Smallville, I think Angel, Buffy, that kind of thing. So you could see little, yeah. little kind of elements from that. Yeah, I, I, I could see that, and... And, I mean, it, it, at the end of the day, it is the movie where the good guys make it because if the bad guys made it, then there wouldn't be an earth to make a, a third movie about. Uh, but, yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of silly. It, it, it started, in the end, like, like when we talked about the, the not burning up on re-entry and the, the, the mass assembly of a giant kaiju that just, you know, wreaks havoc on everything. It does... It's it kind of as as much fun as the whole entire movie is. It, it kind of starts to get. Oh, I want to use the word ridiculous, <laughs> even though it's such a silly thing to say about this kind of movie. But it does get ridiculous at a certain point in time. Yeah, a little over the top. Yeah, I mean, over the top for a movie that is designed to be over the top. But when your writing starts to get silly over the top in a movie that is not silly over the top, it it, it is kind of like a you know let's. You, they have their 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 general patent moment, you know, rallying the troops, and we're we're going to go out and win one for the Gipper and all that nonsense. <laughs> yeah. But but you take that mentality, that feeling, that writing style to, oh, and then they all got together into one giant monster, and oh yeah, they're they're coming in from the atmosphere where there is little or no oxygen, and they're just chilling. They're good, they're good to go. And oh, lo and behold, this doesn't work or that doesn't work. But okay, we make it out in the end alive. Fine. Yeah. Uh, the writing, it's not that the movie fell apart in the end, so much as it it just rushed itself. Like, holy shit, uh, nobody wants to see this for too, too long. Let's, let's wrap it up, guys. Yeah. Questions are going to start popping up. Let's, let's finish it. Yeah. And so you take this very high-tech piece of fighting equipment that's designed to fight these monsters, and you uh, put it in its most sophisticated application of, let's just throw it up really high and then have it come down really hard. A, a piece of sophisticated machinery that is not designed for the pressure of re-entry. Yeah. Just, again, my, my limited science knowledge would have fallen apart. Yeah. You know, j- just from the insane heat friction. I mean, they, they do kind of have alarms going off about maximum suit pressure overload and all that sort of jazz. But, I mean, again, there was a hole in the head. That head should have been ripped off and torn to shreds and burned up, burnt up on re-entry. Yeah, it should have been catching some uh, resistance. You know what? If they had plotted the course of the launch and then been able to uh, figure out the trajectory and gotten out before any of that happened, yeah, the head could have exploded and we still could have had a great day. You know what I mean? I, I mean, granted, the... The end there of, of how they got back up with, with what little rocket they had and stuff like that. Yeah, okay, you needed somebody in there. I get it all. I do get it. But I think just uh, like a little bit more automated trajectory would have kind of at least wrapped up the reentry problem. Yeah, and also uh, the other point, I guess, with the whole reentry thing is uh, how they were uh, 
how they were rescued by uh, jumping into Scrapper and how Scrapper was able to jump off the back <laughs> going the same velocity and was able to skip across the ground in his little ball form and everybody's okay. A, 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 a teeny tiny Jaeger that was not assembled in any sort of professional manner by, are you giving her 16? Yeah, let's go with 16. By a 16-year-old. Uh, that is in no way, shape, or form the density or strength of a normal Jaeger. Uh, they all just climb into it like a little escape hatch because all of a sudden that's automated. Yeah. Uh, it it, it is... No seatbelts. They just, they're just holding on for dear life as they bounce off the ground. Yeah, and, and hitting the earth at however many hundreds of miles per second per second, and then just, yeah, we're just good. We're not, we're not spread across the inside like Nutella. <laughs> Nutella. You know, it, yeah. it it just again, fun movie, yeah. But just kind of like in the end, just like sprays all over the place. Like it's just like it doesn't, it doesn't know what it wants to do until the last scene. Yeah, <laughs> and suddenly it wants to have a third movie. <laughs> and probably my last point I'll bring up, even though like it sounds like I'm just ragging on it, I did enjoy the movie. It was a fun movie. Uh, but my last point is just the. How convenient was that Tokyo was just completely uh, unoccupied at the time, right? I hope. Please, please God. Uh, so they, they kind of addressed this, right? Yeah. So when Angry Red Fury there shows up. Getting closer. Yep. <laughs> everybody starts running into the kaiju shelters then? Yeah. Or I guess, yeah, I guess they did have kaiju shelters from the first one. Yeah, they they still yeah. had that because and and that was something that they had in the first one. So yeah. when everybody was running into the kaiju shelters in Tokyo, not a shock to me. That was just like, oh yeah, I remember those from the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, oh no, it was actually when the kaiju did show up was when the the shelters were being used. At one point in time, one of the characters, don't even care who said it, did bring up the fact that everybody in Tokyo was either dead. Or had made it into the kaiju shelters. Okay. That are like, uh, the little Godzilla toll booths are like sprinkled all over Tokyo and they're just so damn used to getting stomped on by giant monsters. There's just like, yeah, just go over there. We got one on there. They're they're like, they're like phone booths from like the eighties and nineties. There's just every street corner has one. Yeah. There's full vending machines and stuff. Yeah. Right. So, uh, they, they do kind of address that. Okay. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. They do. My point though, what I'm getting at is, the fact of the collateral damage that they do so willingly and... Oh, no. Tokyo is wiped out. Like, yeah. at this point in time, you have to assume that Tokyo uh, just has prefab Tokyo. They they, they just rebuild. <laughs> because the movie doesn't take uh, place so far after the first one that it's just like, oh, my God, it's like there was never a war here. Because it looks like there was never a war here, give or take a few skeletons all over the place. Yeah. Um, but then a lot of shit hits the fan, and then Tokyo is just like ruined again. Yeah, and like I, their one tactic is use their little gravity gun and just keep hitting the kaiju with more buildings. Yeah, a weapon that's designed to remove matter from wherever, and 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 ball it up into into this this gra- gravity ball, and just smash the kaiju. And a cool weapon. It is cool. Cool weapon. I mean, you see it like collecting cars and picking it up into like this dense mass. It's also ripping buildings off its foundation. <laughs> it's yeah, all over it the place more, with this. Yeah, you think it'd be more effective at just using it on the kaiju. 
you would think that, yeah, exactly. You, you should be able to just like crush a kaiju under the gravitational beam that they throw out there, right? Again, it's it's another one of those. Oh well, it would just be. It's like in the first one when um, Nova Genesis, whatever the hell its name is, whips out the the giant sword and cuts the giant the the, the final kaiju in half. After the final brawl, the, the the last like big monster brawl, suddenly he whips out this giant sword that he has mm-hmm. and just slices and dices the kaiju. It's like, well, you really should. St- it was like Voltron. Just yeah. start with the sword. Just just go right to the sword. <laughs> it is done. You yeah. know, uh, Power Rangers. Just go right to the giant robots and let's not even piss fart around because you're just gonna have the shit kicked out of you. Then he's gonna get big. Then you gotta call your robots. Just call your robots. Let's. They did a good job with the uh, new Power Rangers where they didn't know that it combined to make a giant robot. So, see, I, that, I, that was good. But. I, I still haven't seen that. So oh. I'll, I'll thank you for not spoiling it for me. Oh, well, it's, you know, <laughs> it's not a spoiling point. You need to get on watch that though. Uh, hey, it's it, there. There is a list of stuff that I am way behind on. Although I am two episodes into Letterkenny, so I mean that's a thing. Like episode, like season one, season four. Okay, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I still have to watch the Easter special. Uh, yeah, me too. So anyway, uh, back to again what we're talking about. Uh, good movie. Yeah. Like fun movie. Like it's it's not. It's I, I wasn't disappointed that we saw that movie. I was disappointed why we saw that movie. Uh, but again, that's what <laughs> happens when you leave Steve to order tickets online. And that is why he's Blair Witched into the corner for this podcast. <laughs> but it, it was it, it's good fanfare. It would have made for, I think, a better summertime movie. Yeah, I am. not that you could compete with a lot of the movies coming out this summer, but it is kind of like a summertime movie. Yeah, it's a good filler between Black Panther and Avengers, I guess. Yeah, if, if you're looking just for something like fun to go out and see, um, it's a date movie. If if you're with somebody that that likes that kind of stuff, it is not a date movie. If you're say like with my partner, she is she is not going to have a good day with that. Uh, but again, it's a good just go chill out in a the theater, eat some popcorn. Uh, sip a pop, switch the brain off, turn the brain off, and then, and then just kind of coast for a little while. Like it's not, yeah. um, it, it it really is just kind of visual bubble gum to just kind of gnaw on and enjoy. Yeah, plays good on a big screen. Uh, giant monsters, giant robots always sound look good on a big screen and sound great with giant digital speakers mm-hmm. making you partially deaf for the ride home. <laughs> yeah, well, I have no more points about this movie. It made it. I probably sound like I hated it, but uh, no, I actually enjoyed it. It's it's a really really fun movie to see if if you pick it apart like if if you go to like Rotten Tomatoes, I mean they they I think they gave it forty four percent, I think the audience score was like fifty three percent like I don't know what though what um forty seven percent thought they were gonna go see when they went to see this yeah, but it it is what it is I mean it's forty seven percent was probably the uh, the girlfriends that got dragged to the movie this is true this is true they they are vengeful vengeful creatures <laughs> but like it is it is if you walk into this movie and we kind of talked about this when we reviewed bright will smith being yep. will smith yeah, that's bright. um you can only expect so much from certain movies mm-hmm. you can only expect so much from a movie where the goal is to really just watch the uh, i hate i I'm, I'm not one for the new transformer movies but i mean i do enjoy watching them Transformers and, and robots smashing each other. Yeah. Uh, everything else is just mindless filler that I could do without. Yeah. Uh, for um, Pacific Rim, 
I'm there for the robots. I'm there for the fun. Uh, I like John Boyega. I find that he's a very oddly shaped dude, uh, but I like him. <laughs> you know, uh, it's a fun movie. Yeah, he seems like he's a lot of lore body. He's just such Compared a weird shaped guy. I don't get it. Yeah. But I mean, like, John Boyega is a great actor in the Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. He's a, he delivers a pretty standard, decent performance in here. It's a very different role for him, and yeah, it's good. And and uh, Clint Eastwood's son, Scott Eastwood, there he he delivers a a, a performance that you would expect from like um, the Captain America esque, in it for the team, in it for the world, and for the for everything kind of guy. Like it's, yeah, it really their their acting is all pretty much paint by numbers. Like you're not going to see anything that blows you away. Visually, it's a pretty fun movie. Yeah, I I, I think that's what we really kind of went there for was just like a. Uh, special effects, not schlock fest, but we got a special effects schlock fest. Oh yeah, you know, and it was fun. It was it was a fun fun time to watch. And nobody nobody should take this review as us shitting all over Pacific Rim. Take it as two guys that enjoyed the movie, but offer a solid review because <laughs> it's not a great movie, but no. it's a fun movie. It's it's a movie that you watch for fun, and not all movies, like we've said before in other in other episodes. Are we doing it for like serious, man, this has got to be a serious movie. Like there are movies for that and this is not one of them. No, it's all about managing expectations. Mm -hmm. Exactly. There's, there's only so much you should go looking for with certain movies Mm -hmm. and to, to go looking for more, like you said, you, you set yourself up for failure. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of people find themselves going in to see certain movies. Like if you go see a DC movie, you can't expect to see a Marvel movie. No. Or vice versa. Like, if you're going to shit all over Marvel because it's not as dark as DC, like, the hell were you expecting to see? Yeah. Um, and, and same with this. Like, what 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 did you... If, if you're going to give Pacific Rim a bad review, ask yourself, well, what were you really going to... Expecting to go see when you bought your ticket for this movie? Yeah, exactly. Because I, I was not shocked by anything I saw. Got a couple of good laughs, though. A couple oh, yeah. of really, really chuckly parts in there. Oh, yeah. Entertaining. Well, <clears throat> that'll wrap up for this week's episode. Um, as always... If you have any comments, questions, uh, if you want us to talk about anything in particular on the podcast, just uh, send us a tweet, uh, messages on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, you can find us on our uh, Reddit page for Nerdium. Or you could uh, always just hit us up at the old-fashioned way at uh, nerdiumpodcast at gmail.com. Absolutely. And we did bring back Geek of the Week. So if you want to throw your name out there for a show idea, we'd love to give you a shout-out. Yeah, the uh, guys at uh, 30-something podcast gave us uh, a good one a few episodes ago. So yeah, if you'd like to uh, mention you, give us something good. Yeah, absolutely. And in the coming weeks, I don't know when we're going to post this episode, but I do have an appearance coming up on Bacon and Eggs soon. Yeah. I'm supposed to be doing a sit-down with them, so my, my voice will be getting out there more and more, if only to deliver that sweet audio chocolate that I, I throw <laughs> out there. All right. Till next time, guys. Everybody have fun.